Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Ken, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you are a sensitive soul and would like some help with your sensitivity and how to turn it and harness it into a superpower, which is my mission, you can get a free gift from me from sensitivesoulguide.com. So go to www.sensitivesoulguide.com and then you can download your free gift and there's some uh, interesting clearing and protection spray formula you can get as part of that as well. So we can get you harnessing those sensitivities as a superpower. Now today I'm super excited because um, I, I, I have, now you guys may not know this um, as my audience, but um, when I wrote the book, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain and Holistic Approach, one of the chapters was about grounding and earthing as, as a wonderful way for people to naturally use the energies of the earth to heal their body. So your body naturally heals, but sometimes we have a lot of things in our everyday life that prevents us from healing as effectively as possible. You know, we've got, you know, electricity, cell phones, we, we you know, are not connected to nature as much. We maybe eat toxic foods, we get inflamed, that kind of thing. And so um, I had seen a, a book uh, and a movie, a couple of movies actually, on grounding and earthing, and they were so very interesting. The science was so interesting. I totally got into it, and and um, I have been wanting to interview Clint Ober, who is one of the co-authors of the book Earthing, uh, for quite a number of years. I just couldn't connect <laughs> for some whatever reason. It wasn't meant to be till now. So that's why I'm super excited because I actually have Clint Ober on the phone lines today with me for this interview, and there is a third movie out, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment, um, and guess what, you as my listener, as my audience, get a free screening to this awesome Earthing movie, and I saw it recently, uh, it's so interesting, actually I have all three, so it's, it's so interesting to learn about this phenomenon, and the coolest thing is that it's free, yes, this healing is free, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars necessarily, you know, to get the benefits of this phenomenon. Now you think, well, gee, how come I haven't heard this from my doctor before? Well, I'm a medical doctor and I got to tell you, I never heard of it, you know, not before I met Clint or not before I, you know, read these books or watched these movies. But I think you're going to find that in this interview that there's some pretty compelling science uh, behind why this works. And uh, I think you will know more, maybe more, than your doctor will know about this at the end of this interview. So before I formally introduce Clint, I want to share a little bit about him. Now, he's got a really interesting background. Now, he is the CEO of EarthFX Incorporated. And, uh, you know, they, their mission is to research, and um, they, they're located in Palm Springs, California. And when he was in the cable TV, <laughs> the cable TV, uh, um, back when, gosh, back when it was in the 60s, um, he learned about grounding there. Like obviously, with, you know, if you're a cable TV specialist, you have to understand electricity, those kinds of things. Um, he actually formed uh, a telecrafter corporation and built it into the largest provider of cable installation services in the United States. So, you know, when they talk about that movie, The Cable Guy, like this is like the cable guy, like the real cable guy, okay? So it's like, so you're thinking, like, how does this cable guy get to the place where now we're talking about earthing as a healing thing, like it's a quote-unquote alternative healing. So instead of telling you, like, the story from my end, I'm going to have Clint tell you his story because it is so interesting. And then we're going to kind of go into, like, What's in this movie? Like, you know, who are the characters? 
you know, um, um, what happened to them, what are their stories, um, and so you can at the end of this interview realize that just like feet, a few feet away from you is an amazing healing quote-unquote modality that you can tap into at any time. And before I forget, I did want to share with you a couple of um, links. So there is a link, a free screening link to this Earthing movie, which is awesome. And you can get there by going to groundingmovie.com. Okay, it's just a pretty link that kind of forwards right to that site. So groundingmovie.com. And then it asks you for a password. So the password you want to put in is, uh, all lowercase, earthing. Earth, the word Earth, and then ING at the end, all one word, so Earthing, and that'll get you full access pass to this awesome movie. And the other link uh, is, is going to be a link about, well, what if you're in the middle of, you know, Alaska and it's snowing and there's five feet of snow and you don't want to ground outside, you know, or in my case, upstate New York, when we get a lot of snow and it's getting kind of cold right now, although I did ground today, um, then you, there are some interesting tools that you can use inside the home to help you get the similar or same benefits as grounding outside. And so those products we're going to share a little later what they're about, but if you want to check it out early, you can go to groundtoheal.com and that'll forward you to the site. So groundtoheal.com and you can check out some of those tools. So without further ado, welcome Glenn to the show. Yay! Well, thank you, Dr. Karen, for having me on your show. This oh, is yeah. a, a real treat. Super, oh, I'm super excited. I'm Clint, I, we would love to hear your story. How does a cable guy... <laughs> Cable guy, get into like health and grounding and learning about all this stuff. Okay, well, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it uh, as short and on point as possible. And then uh, anytime you want, you can rein me in because I do get off on stories. That's okay, we love <laughs> and, stories. Uh, <laughs> okay, but uh, anyhow, I started, uh, yeah, it was back in the 1960s. Uh, you know, I mean, I grew up, first of all, I grew up on a ranch, and, and um, we had a lot of cattle, and as a, as a boy, I was a cowboy. A cowboy is not like Roy Rogers. It's more like somebody who sits on a horse and watches cows in the pasture to make sure that they are, they're all happy. If they're not happy, meaning if they're bawling or they're not, they look glassy-eyed or something, then you have to take them out of the herd, put them into a pen, and hold them. And then you have to ride the pasture, make sure the grass is not too short, make sure there's no noxious weeds in the pasture, uh, make sure the water's okay in the tank or the, there's no dead animals upstream because something in that pasture made that cow get sick. Mm. And so, so the whole chore of a cowboy is to make sure the pasture is pristine because if it is, then the cows will be healthy and happy and, and you'll make, make money. If you don't, you have to call the vet. He comes out, you have to call a banker at the same time. <laughs> by, the time they get, by the time they get through, you don't have any money. So you have to give them the keys to the ranch. But anyhow, so I, I grew up with that uh, prevention model um, just by nature. And I remember having the, the magazine, Prevention Magazine, in the home at all times when I was growing up. <clears throat> and it was the apple a day concept. Uh, to, you know, about health. But anyhow, so I have that kind of earthy background. And I have a lot of my best friends growing up were Native Americans. So uh, they, they, they teach you a whole different view than what you learn uh, right. otherwise. 
meaning that their view is that everything is connected, everything is one thing, and it's kind of a you know a dance, and um, so you respect everything. You know, blade of grass is your cousin, and the ant is your cousin, mm-hmm. and you just respect everything. Respect everything in nature, and so I had kind of that earthy background. So, but anyhow, when I left that arena, I uh, ended up in the cable television industry, and back then, <clears throat> cable television was called community antenna television, hmm. and what it meant was you put a put a um, a uh, antenna up on the highest hill in the area, and then you run a wire down, and then everybody could get better reception on their TV, or get reception period because of mountains. Sometimes you couldn't get any, so it started out as community. You know, it's a community antenna. Everybody could connect to it, and then as time went on, and uh, everybody, we started adding, you know, the signals in the next town. Like I was in Billings, Montana, uh, you could add get Helena or Great Falls, Montana, and, you know, on the cable system in Billings. So, you know, it started to grow. And then as time went on further, <clears throat> we had microwave, then we could bring Denver into Billings, Montana. And then eventually we ended up with satellites, and then we could bring WTVS or LA TV stations into Montana. And so I always looked at it like, you know, it's, it's an, you know, a, a window on the world. A lot of people were, you know, anti-cable. It's the devil coming to town. Free TV's gone, and so on. But basically, it was a way of it was a way of, of people uh, seeing the world that they live in and and recognizing the world's much bigger than Billings, Montana, mm-hmm. and so on. So it was, it was so I've always been a part of that concept. But anyhow, in that industry you have to ground everything to the earth. I mean, if you run a wire into somebody's home, you have to actually put a ground rod in or connect it to an existing ground rod before the wire goes into the home because on the cable cable lines or the telephone lines on the poles, you have the wind blowing and it creates static charge and then you have atmospheric electricity like lightning and just all kinds of noise and charges running back and forth. So. When you ground those cables, then it <clears throat> prevents any charge and prevents interference, um, so oh. that you get nice clean, nice clean signals, nice clean pictures, and then you can run data back and forth without having uh, glitches and so on. So, anyhow, about um, somewhere, let's see, I was 50, 50 years old at the time. Uh, I think this is back in 94, and uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm 75 right now, something like that. <laughs> but, I forget how old I am, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like to think about it. The older I get, I just kind of just don't think about I, it. I always say I'm a year older than I am. I don't know why that is, but it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyhow, I, um, I had a um, dental um filling or where they went in and did a root canal and about a month later I got very very sick and I ended up with a huge abscess in my liver and it took them it took them you know weeks to figure out what it was because it wasn't showing up like anything normal and so took me to the emergency room and they actually put me in a CAT scan and drained it while I was in the CAT scan because that's how bad it was and 
anyhow, after that, they, uh, the next morning, they said, we have some good news and some not so good news. The good news was that they figured out what caused the abscess. They said, they just asked me, had anybody bitten you or anything like that in the last month or two? I said, no. And they asked me if I'd been to a dentist. And I said, yes, I had a root canal. And they said, that's probably what, what it is because the bacteria that they cultured was from the mouth. Mm. And <clears throat> so anyhow, uh, in that process, so the, the good news was they figured out what it was. The bad news was I was only 49, I think, at the time. And they said, uh, you're healthy and uh, you qualify to get a new liver, but it's, it, you may not have enough time because the major portion of the liver had been damaged. In fact, I was yellow. <laughs> I, mean, wow. I had no energy. I mean, it was pretty... So anyhow, in the, in the, shortly after that, the, um, I was at home and the nurse had came and they had all kinds of IVs and antibiotics and whatever they were pumping in me. But uh, a young surgeon called me, wanted to do a test surgery and where they wanted to go in and actually cut out all the liver that was damaged and see if it would restore itself. And, it, and they knew that the liver grows back, but they didn't know if it, that much of it could grow back. So <clears throat> anyhow, I had no real option. Uh, so I did put all my things in order, and then I went in, and Jeez. they performed the, surg- performed the surgery. And they took out in the, you know, the big major lobe of the liver, there's actually six little pockets. And they took out five of them and just left the one that's connected to the main uh, artery coming in. And so they take it all out, and your liver's kind of in a sack, and they sew it back up, put it back together, and just stuff it back in you. And um, so they removed the problem, but now it was recovering. So anyhow, I woke up a few days later, and I remember when I woke up, the um, I, I looked and and a secretary that I had had a few years earlier, she was standing over me looking at me and I looked up at her and I said, Oh, I didn't know that you had died. <laughs> I thought, I thought I had died. <laughs> and, and, oh, and so anyhow, but anyhow, a little bit, in a few minutes, the pain started coming on and then I realized that, you know, I didn't nope, die. I'm, alive. I'm, still, yep. I'm, I'm still here. But anyhow, it took me about, uh, you know, six months to a year to get, uh, six months to get full capacity. I mean, full, the liver grew back to full size, but to wow. get my energy back to, took maybe a full year. So now at 75, I've got a 25-year-old liver. So I mean, I mean it's, it oh, yeah, grew up so brand true. new. <laughs> that's so, so true. So anyhow, that's, but that's kind of how I got started on this journey. I didn't know anything about grounding people at that time. But as I recovered from that, I was in my bedroom one day, just kind of staring out the window. And, and, and I'd been very, fairly successful. And, but anyhow, I, was, I, I had a lot of art, a lot of things, but I was sitting there laying in bed and I, you know, the epiphany was, you know, I almost died. And if I had died, then all of these things I owned and had been collecting for all these years, what would have happened to them? The kids would have taken some, most of it they would have given away or donated or whatever. And I thought, you know, um, <clears throat> I felt started reflecting back on my life and the things that I'd done. And I'd done a lot of good things, but I, it was too much about money. It was too much about the material world. And so I just kind of had this epiphany that, you know, um, I didn't own any of this stuff. All I did was 
adopt it and spend my life taking care of it. So mm. I literally gave, gave away almost everything I owned to my kids and to whoever sold the home, sold everything, gave a company that I was president of to the employees. And I wow. went, out and bought a, went out and bought a small RV and I just took off and I spent four years driving around the United States, spent most of it in national parks and uh, nice county parks and visiting the kids, visiting a few friends, but most of it alone, just going out and, you know, I wanted to make my life about something more than just making money. <laughs> and so, but so anyhow, I ended up uh, down in Key Largo, Florida on the Bay side. And um, one night I was there and I had this feeling come over me, an energetic feeling. And, I, you know, the sun had just set, the manatees were playing around, and the water was right there, and I was just sitting there watching, and I had this urge, and, and it felt like the earth was talking to me. And I know a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm nuts, but uh, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, uh, it's what happened. So anyhow, but I had this feeling come over me that uh, I didn't know what it was, but it was a compelling feeling. And so I went into the RV and I took a piece of paper and I wrote on it. And the first thing I wrote was become an opposite charge. And to me, that would be um, normally to go out and stir people up, charge them up, get them going. Mm -hmm. And to become an opposite charge. So I just wrote it down. And then the other thing that came to me just a minute or so later was status quo is the enemy. Hmm. And I had no idea what they meant. And I, but I wrote them down on a yellow tablet and I kept it. And so, but the, the next day or two, I had this urge that I needed to go back west. So I packed up. I'd been there for like six months. And um, it's, it's nice to be able to spend time in an RV and just go hang out. That sounds fun. Parts. Yeah, just to enjoy the world and, and the beauty of nature and so on. But anyhow, so I headed up packed up, went headed to up to Knoxville to see one of my daughters, then drove to um, Tucson, and I was headed for L.A., and I decided, well, I don't want to live in California, so I went and drove up to um, Flagstaff, Arizona, because it's more like uh, Montana, where Montana. I grew up. Right. Yeah, and so I... It was late that night, and, there was a, and it was getting too late to drive all the way, so there was a sign that said Sedona, so I took that sign. There was an RV park there, so I just took that, drove in, pulled into an RV park. It was late, <clears throat> hooked up, and went to sleep. The next morning, I got up, um, and I looked outdoors, and I said, wow, I'm not leaving here. This is like living in a national park. <laughs> <laughs> and so I spent the next two years in Sedona, and... Um, and my background, you know, I, I have a lot of electrical background. So I ended up, uh, there was not, it didn't have a lot to do. So I ended up spending a lot of time in the galleries, in the, in the art galleries and stuff. So I ended up uh, talking to a couple of them to let me help them with their lighting, to, you know, to make their presentations better. And so I ended up starting a little company called Best of Show, just a hobby. And so I would go and light up the galleries and make their art look more so it wasn't overlit and so it had more presence and people could appreciate what the artist had done. 
And, you know, a lot of galleries you have to put on a baseball cap to see the art. <laughs> but <laughs> there's so many mics. Right, right. So, but in that process, I was working with electrical things. And then uh, one afternoon, I was sitting at, at my desk there and uh, on a computer, and it kept crashing. And I knew it was kind of from static electricity because the old computers, if you had a static charger in your body and you touched the computer, then you'd get a glitch in the computer and it'd freeze up, and then you'd have to shut oh, it down and start it. Okay. So I, I knew kind of what was going on, so I went and found some copper tape, put it on my desk, connected it to a ground, and then touched it. And then I knew that I, before I touched the computer, so I knew the static electricity was gone. <laughs> so, but in that process, I, it was just something I would, second nature to me. But after that, I went outdoors and I sat on a bench and up pulls this tour bus with all of these uh, tourists. And they were, they appeared to be, you know, a tour, a tour, a, a tour from Japan. And they were a little shorter and they all had these big white tennis shoes on. And for some reason, I looked at it and, and intuitively, I said, I, I wonder if there is a problem with us humans now wearing all these rubber shoes. Because when I was a kid, we were always barefoot. And also, I knew that when I'm grounded, that when I'm touching the earth, I'm electrically grounded. Mm. And it's not something, not something many people would know. No, no. And unless you unless you worked in the communications industry. So anyhow, I, that night I went home, pulled down a couple of meters and um, did some testing. And I could measure and see that there was all these voltages on the body when I wasn't grounded. And so, and especially in the bedroom. So I went to the hardware store and bought a piece of metal duct tape, aluminum foil duct tape. And I taped and laid it on the bed, connected a wire to it, threw it out the window, connected it to the earth, and then I did the same with the meter. And then I would measure the voltage on my body, and then I would lay down on the duct tape, and then it would go to zero. So I knew I was grounded to the earth. And so grounding is, you know, you just, I totally get, understand it. So anyhow, the, the thing that was interesting is, I was laying on my back and I was playing with the meter, just reading it. And the next thing I knew it was morning and the meter is laying down beside me. And, um, I got, and I, and I got up and I said, wow, there's something to this because I slept like a rock. And for me, that was pretty unusual because I was at the time, you know, 54, something like that, 53. And <clears throat> I had been a cowboy, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> right that you do, but I'd also been skied most of my life and occasionally played tennis. And so I had every kind of injury you can imagine and right, lots of right. chronic pain. So I had, <clears throat> I would take Advil and coffee to get up and get going in the morning and Advil at night sometimes to go to sleep. Occasionally, if it was really bad, I would um, use whatever pain meds I could get on. And <clears throat> so anyhow, but so I didn't think too much about it, except went about the day, and then that night I did it again, same, similar thing. So the next day I got a hold of a couple of my friends who were in the area and told them about it, and I said, you got to try this and see if it works for you. And we did it, 
And then about two days later, one of the guys said, you know, he says, is it any possibility this could be affecting my arthritis? Because my arthritis came way down. And I said, I don't have any idea, I just, but I think it helps you sleep. And so, <laughs> anyhow, so I started, you know, doing some research. And back then, this was back in 99, 98, 99. And the, you know, we had the internet, uh, barely. And... Um, AOL and so on, and but where I was, you, there was not a lot of bandwidth available. So, but I started, you know, doing, looking around, trying to figure out what I could find on the internet. Very little, so I ended up going down to the University of Arizona, bumming around in the libraries, asking questions, and I couldn't find anything that related to grounding the human being, and most more specifically about sleep and or grounding the body in pain. So <clears throat> anyhow, I went back and I spent about another month or so in Sedona, grounding a couple other people, same results. Hmm. And I, th I thought this is really odd that I can't find any information other than you have to ground the body before you do open heart surgery. <laughs> oh, and, um, okay, okay. Or if you cut somebody open doing the surgery, you have to ground them. And <clears throat> so, and that was to prevent static electricity, to, to prevent a cardio event. Mm -hmm. so, so anyhow, um, I thought, well, this, this is real and I have to learn more. So I went to California and just packed up and left. And uh, when the first stop was UCLA, of course. And I thought, well, somebody here's got to know. <laughs> and I started, talk, started talking to some of the people in the sleep lab and whatever and they actually words were you believe you expect us to believe that somebody sticks a nail in the ground ties a wire around it and then goes ties a wire around somebody's toe that they're going to sleep better and uh, <laughs> they just said you're nuts get out of here oh no so, that's terrible i hope they but, weren't any of my colleagues but, <laughs> when i worked there well it, you know, it, it was what it was um well, yeah, because it was the sleep lab, the sleep people. And, you know, that, um, it, they weren't mean or anything. It's just basically, um, they it's didn't understand. They weren't open to the idea. They didn't understand grounding. They right. didn't understand electrical phenomena. Right. And I had no clue about biology at that time. So, anyhow, then uh, in the process, I connected with a couple of the students there. I ended up going up to Ventura and uh, the nice RV park. And so I went out and I said, okay, I've got to do a study. They said, you, you've got to do a study to, so that everybody understands what you're talking about because nobody really got it. So I got a couple of students to help me do an anecdotal study. So <clears throat> we made up simple little mats that were like one foot by two foot wide. And they were conductive and connect them to a wire and connect them to a ground rod and then put them under a sheet and people sleep on them, they're grounded. So, but I made those up and I, we made up 60 of them, 30 of them that were not functional, 30 that were. So you had 60 subjects, 30 controls. Oh, yeah, 30 so you did a, yeah, so you did a single blind study. Yes, mm -hmm. and, and, then the, uh, and then I had a, uh, found a nurse that, well, first of all, then the next problem was getting subjects. Um, so the doctors wouldn't give me any <laughs> or oh, help me no. out. <laughs> Who are you? Hi, I'm and the cable so, guy, right? <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to give you any so, subjects. 
so oh so anyhow, I, I was sitting in a beauty salon getting a hair, haircut, and I heard a couple of the ladies talking about pain and sleep. And I thought, wow, here's where, here's where I can find subjects here. Mm-hmm. So I went and asked the owner, owner of the beauty salon and told her what I was doing and if, they, if she had any people that wanted to participate in a uh, sleep study that uh, wouldn't cost them anything or, you know, it was free and all that. And, um, and so we signed them up, registered them up. So I went to three or four different beauty salons and we ended up getting 60 subjects oh. out of out of the beauty salons. Very resourceful. And, <clears throat> yeah. And then we, I found a nurse who, who had an interest in what I was doing. And so she said, well, I'll come and help you, you know, with the study and continuum, oversee the control and all of this. So they would pick the person and then I would go out and install the grounding mat and I would measure any electric fields in the home and then bring it back and next day go to the next one or two or whatever and then until we had 60 done. It took about a month or so to get it done mm-hmm. and then I left them grounded for like six, eight weeks or longer and then I went, the nurse went back and in, in, I interviewed each one of them. I never saw them again. And <clears throat> But what was really interesting about that and the reason I'm telling you this is the during that study, I had assumed in my mind that it was the electric fields that are being radiated from the electrical wiring in the walls of the home and the electrical appliances. And to me, that would be electromagnetic interference Mm -hmm. uh, rather rather than EMF. And so anyhow, I, uh, one person that I connected, there was one day I installed two mats and on one side of Ventura, and this was an older man, and went to his home and I measured the electric fields in his bedroom, had him sit down, and there's literally no electric fields. He had no lamps near his bed, or a brick floor with a metal bed headstand on the brick floor, and there was no lamps. So there was no electric fields to speak of, maybe 100 millivolts or something. So I thought, oh man, this is terrible because he's getting a live pad. I couldn't tell him, he wouldn't know, but. But he was getting a live pad, and I thought, well, this is going to be a waste. You're not going to get good results from this guy. Um. So then in the, after- the afternoon, I went over and installed this lady who had an extremely high uh, electrical environment. She had heating pads on the bed, lamps next to the bed, radio, all kinds of things. And sitting on her bed, she was registering near 10 10 volts of charge on her body from 60 hertz charge and I thought and then she had flaring arthritis in her hands and <clears throat> so uh, I she couldn't uh, hold the meter like the other like we would normally do so what I had to do is put a patch on one hand and connect it to the meter one patch on the other hand to um, they went to the ground rod. So then when I would connect it, then I could read, do the major reading and see that it went to zero. And then when she was on the pad, that, that she was grounded. And then in that process, her son was there talking to me and she looked at me and she said, well, this one's not working. And I said, what do you mean it's not working? And she said, well, the pain's gone here, but this one's not working. And so I said, oh. well, can't, can't work. One was going to the meter, wasn't grounded. So I switched the patches and uh-huh. put the grounded patch 
on the other side. And within five or six minutes, she says, now it's working. And so it kind of dumbfounded, kind of dumbfounded me. But, but anyhow, the, the, but anyhow, she had all these health issues. So anyhow, installed her, everything is fine. And I'll tell them more about the patch later. But the, the, um, when the study papers came back, I remember looking at them and the nurse had brought them in. She was uh, wanting to know which ones were grounded and which ones weren't. So we were giving her the numbers. And I looked at two of them and I said, this can't be true because this person had all these benefits who had no EMF whatsoever, but he had all this benefit, pain relief. Uh, he had had cardio issues, couldn't sleep, all kinds of issues. And... <clears throat> And he had significantly improved sleep, significant reduction of pain, and, and all this stuff. And then the lady who we grounded had the same results. So here's two people showing the same results, but you have a different uh, environment. And I said, oh. okay, that's when I... Yeah, so that was the guy, I, because the guy didn't have a lot of um, you know, voltage on his body because there wasn't a lot of stuff in his room. Yeah, because right. I would have so made the same assumption. Like if his if yeah. if he had a lot of you know static on him, <laughs> that that he probably probably would do better than if he didn't. Um, but that's super interesting. So what I did is I went home and I said, "There's something amiss here," and then I did a little work and I, I knew that on the Earth. I mean, the Earth is negatively charged. I hate to use these negative terms. I mean, term like negative because people don't understand, but the word negative means that there's like a battery. You have a negative end and a positive end. Right. The electrons are st stored in the negative end. And then when you connect a light bulb to each that end and the positive, then the electrons flow through the light bulb, through the wire to the positive side. So it's the positive charge pulling the electrons through the, through the light bulb. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> So anyhow, the earth is negative. It has a slight negative charge. And then, so I started measuring, so, and I said, okay, the only thing that can be happening here is it has to be the electrons of the earth that are producing these results. And so then I started doing a whole bunch of different tests with EMFs, without them, with magnetic fields, no magnetic, with electric field, no electric field, and found out that basically it is the electrons of the earth, the, the, the negative surface charge of the earth. When you stand barefoot on the earth, your body becomes negative like the earth itself. That is the um, mechanism of action that is producing mm. these results. Interesting. But, but at, so anyhow, at that time, we ended up with a nice little paper. It was anecdotal, of course. It did get published. And... Um, not that we were trying to publish, it was so interesting. Everybody said, we got to publish this. That's great. <laughs> so, so anyhow, then I took that, those findings down to LA again. And then I ended up in San Diego with a, uh, somebody referred me to a, a radiologist who had just retired and he was looking for a hobby. So he took a big <laughs> interest in what I was, what I was doing. And he says, I don't think there's anything to what you're doing, but he said, let's go find out. So what we did, we took a group of, of, I think there's eight women, four men, and we um, 
measured circadian cortisol. We would measure their cortisol every four hours for 24 hours. Then we would ground them with the pads. Mm-hmm. And then we came back six, eight weeks later, took their circadian cortisol measurements again. And, and what we found, we found some very interesting things. The first one was before their, their circadian cortisol profile, it, it's, it's supposed to be lowest at midnight. Right. Uh, and about 4 a.m., 4 a.m. it starts to peak and it, and it goes sky high. Um, around six o'clock and that's what gives you the energy to get out of bed and then drifts down all day and into the evening and then at night if your cortisol is elevated at night you can't sleep that's the only reason you can't sleep Uh, you're thinking about something or whatever but it's responding to your fight or flight and so on but what we learned was everybody's cortisol profiles before were like spaghetti all over the chart Mm -hmm. but on the after after we grounded them, they all synchronized and went into a perfect little band. And at 6 a.m., the ladies who had adrenal fatigue or were exhausted adrenals, theirs came up. And the younger ladies who had high anxiety and stress, theirs came down. So they all kind of synchronized into the Yeah, it's band. kind of normalized uh, rather than you know, pushing it too high yes. or too low, kind of normalized it. Now, yes. did you actually yeah. wake them up to take the blood test? Uh, no, this was saliva cortisol. Oh, okay. We had every, every four hours we had to wake them up and swab their mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. And so even in the middle of the night? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Huh, interesting. No other wow. way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, but, I remember seeing, you know, seeing those. I actually linked them to my website because your your people had given me uh, permission to, uh-huh. uh, you know, show those. And, and sure. I, as a medical doctor, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. Yeah. Like, oh my God, look at these these cortisol levels. Like they were like like you said, spaghetti, like all over the place, up down. Like the 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 curve was completely abnormal or backwards. And then, right. you know, and then the results were like. Wow. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It just, so, so what we learned is two things. So one, and the, the thing that helped validate it is there were a couple of stewardesses in the, in the study, but we couldn't use them because, in their, because their profiles were way off. And the reason was is because when we did their profiles, their cortisol profiles were off three hours, meaning the, the 4 a.m. climb didn't start until... Uh, or it started at 1 a.m. And so what we learned was that, and then when they got grounded in San Diego, they lived in New York, they mm. laid over in San Diego three days a week. So anyway, when they were in San Diego and they got grounded, then it would normalize to California time, their cortisol profile, oh, where before it had normalized to, um, and there was three of them. So, yeah, so anyhow, so what we learned was, What's happening at 4 a.m. that causes the cortisol to begin to spike? And why is it different in these three ladies? So what it is, it's the earth. The earth has rhythms and it has, uh, sync, you know, um, so we sync up to the rhythms of the earth mm. and, our, and, and it, it influences our circadian cortisol uh, secretions. Because there's nothing else at 4 a.m. that could influence. There's no light. There's no sound. There's no environmental right, right. noise. 
Yeah, that that so, is interesting. Yes. Yeah. So we learned there that there that so we so we learned that and. Uh, so anyhow, everybody took a big interest in after that and said, okay, there's something going on here. And, but the thing that was most interesting is nobody could understand why it made pain go away because mm. it doesn't matter, what kind of, didn't matter what kind of pain you had. You could have slipped and twisted your ankle and it was all ballooned up, put a patch on it and ground it to a ground wire to a, a ground, and within five, ten minutes, the pain was gone. And then the swelling would start to subside. And if somebody had arthritis, you put a patch on the, where the flare is, and within five, ten minutes, the pain comes down. Lupus, MS, all these flaring diseases. And or <clears throat> we know now, after later, that even people with surgery, like athletes, you know, they have injuries and they have open wounds and whatever. Put a patches along the wounds and they have no inflammatory pain, that hot burning pain. So we didn't know what this was back then, but what we found, so anyway, we met with um, Dr. Golly. He said, he said we, we need to find out more about this. And Stephen Sinatra, who's a cardiologist uh, back in Essex, Connecticut, he, was, <clears throat> he came out and was doing some uh, seminars here in Southern California. And so Dr. Golly arranged a meeting and I sat down and I told Steve what I was doing. He says, Clint, he said, if you're affecting pain, he said, you need to be searching inflammation. Right. Because pain is, a, pain is a byproduct of inflammation. You can't have pain if there's no inflammation. And if you're affecting pain, reducing it, then you're reducing inflammation. So <clears throat> anyhow, I didn't know what that meant at the time until I started doing a little bit of research. And I came across a paper on on um, neutrophils and how if you have a damaged tissue or a damaged cell, you know, the, uh, the immune system, a white blood cell neutrophil comes over, encapsulates that pathogen or that damaged tissue, and it releases reactive oxygen species. Mm-hmm. And they rip, the, they rip the electrons away from the pathogen or damaged cell, and that's how the immune system destroys damaged cells and pathogens. And I said, okay, now, now I get it because the word reactive meant that this is an electrical phenomena because <clears throat> the, the reactive radicals are missing an electron. They have an electron imbalance. Right. So in, in the process of, of the normal immune, you know, the cascade, the normal inflammatory cascade, uh, in this process, healing a wound or whatever. So the neutrophils and everything, and cytokines, whatever, they go in and do their job. And if there's not enough redox potential or enough free electrons available to reduce those any excess radicals, they will steal an electron from a healthy cell and damage it. Signal goes theoretically. A signal goes to the immune system. Another neutrophil comes and cleans up that mess. And then all of a sudden, you just end up with a chain reaction. Mm. So it's an, ox- an oxidative fire. It's like burning a log. So that's where the word inflammation comes from. The body inflamed, the body is on fire. And so <clears throat> then it was easy to, for me to make sense of it, of why grounding reduced pain. Because now you're flooding the bodies with free electrons. 
The body is negatively charged. It's grounded. You can't have inflammation in a grounded object. I don't care whether it's a computer, an amplifier, or a human body. And so that's been what the work is all about and what the, uh, the research and everything that we've done. So what it is, it goes back to, here's the story more so. Uh, but anyhow, so you ground anybody that's got pain, it doesn't matter what it is, it'll, it'll stop the um, oxidative pain, you know, the hot burning pain. And all it's doing is reducing the excess radicals and keep them from damaging healthy tissue. But on the other hand, there's another level of pain below that, that is more a pain that says, don't touch me, leave me alone, protect me. But it's not this hot burning where you have to have a Vicodin or that kind of a pill. So that was a phenomenon to learn mm. all of this. Is there certain types and, of pain, like you were just mentioning, that uh, you find takes longer to get pain relief for grounding? Um, uh, I'll sidetrack here for a bit and tell you um, what I've learned. Uh, it's like, <clears throat> um, you know, what causes the pain? We know what causes the pain, not having enough electrons or being a, you know, a shortage. You can have a bad diet. You can have all kinds of other things contribute to this. But mm -hmm. if, when you're connected to the, you have to, before 1960, we were always grounded. We were like barefoot or we were wearing leather sole shoes. But mm. we invented the, the synthetic uh, plastics in the late 50s, 60s, early 60s. And then we put them on all of the shoes and put them on the carpets. Or we made carpets out of them and put on synthetic floors and everything. So we lost our ground as a, as a by and large, we lost our ground as a culture. <laughs> and so in 1960, you can look at, you know, the, the rate of diabetes or like in the 50s, and then look at the autoimmune diseases, whether it's autos autism, lupus, MS, cancer, arthritis, whatever it is, there's this exponential curve that started in the 60s. And it's still growing. Yeah, and you would think. You would think that with all the knowledge we have that we would be able to fix this or identify it and so on. So, but anyhow, the, um, so what we did is take anybody with chronic pain, whether it's inflammatory arthritis, lupus, MS, after surgery, didn't matter, um, and ground them and it always, the pain always subsides usually within 30 minutes. Now, here's the problem. First of all, the only way you can get grounded and stay grounded is to go outdoors, put your feet on the earth and stay there. Uh, or you can dampen down the patio and go sit in a chair and read a book, put your feet on the patio. That works great. Um, Are you and, talking uh, about like so, a concrete patio? Yes. Uh -huh. and, and so it's kind of, so it's kind of hard here to, you know, okay, now I know what the problem is, but what's the solution? I was talking to some of the people at the NIH, and they said, well, you know, <laughs> we, get, we understand what you're saying, but don't go out and scare people. Don't go out and talk to people unless you have a no-cost solution and a low, or a low-cost solution because this is something that's, uh, you know, it's a global thing. And so we do have a no-cost thing is take your shoes off and get grounded. And right. uh, the other one, and, and the other one was, you know, coming up with these little pads and stuff that we ended up coming up with. Those were all byproducts of the studies. But anyhow, I want to go back a little bit and say, because what causes pain and, and how long does it take to get rid of pain? And 
So what grounding does, it, and what the only thing grounding does, is it, it puts out the fire. It's like throwing a, a glass of water on a little fire. And, and then when you are connected to the earth, you're also humming with the earth. You're resonating with the frequencies of the earth. And there's some cueing mechanisms in that we don't fully understand, but we know the body you know, sings, sings a song that is invisible to us. Um, so, but anyhow, so what I've learned, and I'll use an example. Um, I, I've worked a lot over the last 20 years with MS and lupus. Um, Hmm. And the, the other thing you need to know before I go there is if you take the animals who live in the wild, they're grounded all the time. Right. They have none of, they have none of these modern health disorders. They don't have cancer. Cancer doesn't exist in, the, in nature. That's hard to believe. They don't have cardiovascular disease, lupus, MS. They, they don't have, you know, the older horses and stuff will have arthritis and stuff. And that's because they keep them in stalls with rubber mats, by and large. But, you know, older animals... I was going to ask you about that, actually. So, yeah, because but, there's some people that are like, they have indoor cats, right? And they don't allow their cats outdoors. It's like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. But indoor animals... Animals who live indoors, they manifest the same health disorders as their owners. No, wow. And the veterinary industry is just as healthy as the medical industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's all related to inflammation. But animals die of cancer at a rate of about near 50%. Well, people die at a death rate now near 50%. So, <clears throat> so anyhow... Um, I'm just trying to paint a picture there. So anyhow, here's a, a lady, one of the ladies I first grounded, and um, she had pretty bad arthritis. I mean, and not arthritis, uh, MS, and where the neutrophils were eating up the myelin sheath and exposing the nerves. That's what MS is, as mm-hmm. far as I know. And so anyhow, uh, and her hand, she'd have to hold one arm in order to keep it from moving all over the place. And then she was just in a lot of pain, a lot of distress. And <clears throat> so we would ground her. And uh, we tried to, she wanted to be in one of our studies, but we couldn't put her in the study But we, because of this. And so anyhow, we grounded her and because she had come in. And we said, well, we'll at least show you what we're doing because it might benefit you. Grounded her and within an hour, she had just remarkable um, improvement in uh, color, skin color, demeanor. The arm had stopped moving around, and she just like a breath of fresh air. And she went, got up to go to the bathroom afterwards, and came and came back into the room. And she says, and she was in tears. And she says, "Look at me, look at me," meaning her face and her color and you know wow. whatever. But anyway, we <clears throat> did send her home with a bunch of stuff. But before we did, I. I, I kept asking, I asked her, I said, how long have you had MS? And she was like 36. And she said, for about eight years. And I said, well, I mean, because you weren't born with it. I said, how long have you had it? And she said, eight years. And I said, what happened to you? What caused this to manifest? What, how did you get MS? It's not hereditary. And um, <clears throat> she said, I don't have a clue. And then we were carrying on just a little bit of conversation. She says, well, you know, maybe... My mother died um, then, about that time, and I ended up uh, in a divorce a year later, and a lot of things were going on in my life, and I got very stressed. And 
maybe that could have had something. So I got in the habit of asking the ladies with lupus and MS with permission. I'd say, do you have any idea what happened prior to uh, MS manifesting? Was there an event in your life that may have contributed to this? And every one of them over a period of time, they all said, you know, it was all about loss. I lost a child. I lost a husband. I lost a mother. I lost a parent. I lost my job. I lost my house. I lost something. And they end up going into a chronically elevated sympathetic state, which, of course, elevates cortisol. Yes. And then the cortisol eventually creates anxiety, irritability, um, all that kind of stuff, and more pain. And the pain creates more cortisol, creates, you know, so it's a vicious cycle. And so as soon as we ground these ladies, then the pain subsides and um, so on. Uh, but anyhow, the point I was trying to get to, so some of these ladies responded extremely well and uh, they just got their life back. And that's the term I hear more often than not. I thank you, I got my life back. And, uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, but anyhow, some of them would not respond very well, and especially some that had uh, more compromising issues. And what it was, <clears throat> was they, were, they held so much anger in their mm. bodies because of past life events, mm-hmm. or they, you know, family issues, or whatever issues, but they were mentally... Um, stressing themselves and so that maintained they 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 kept their body in like i say an elevated sympathetic state chronically uh-huh. elevated and it kept and it kept feeding the inflammation so we can put the fire up but if you don't ground the if you don't uh, and that's why i hooked up with deepak and, and people like him is because they can mentally get people to calm down and ground them because if you don't mentally take care of your situation uh, come to terms, you know, get grounded in life. What can I do? What can I not do? And find something in the middle that works uh, and let go of anything that is causing stress in your life because it's killing you. And um, <clears throat> so, but anyhow, so some people will get grounded for 30 minutes and they'll have a life-changing experience mm-hmm. and they will never have that problem again. But they had a life change, a mental life change at the same time. Mm. But people who, who stress and feed, continue to feed the fire. And, and it can be bad food, it can be bad uh, negative environments, it can be bad air, you know, whatever, bad people in your life. All these things can contribute to this stress that holds the body in this chronically elevated sympathetic state, which starts the fire of inflammation in your body. And, and continues to feed it like gasoline. Mm. And I, I hope I'm saying this yeah. so it makes sense. Well, yeah, you know, the um, people that, uh, you know, that, that are part of my tribe, one of our challenges is that we're a highly sensitive people, meaning that yes. what wouldn't affect the average nonsense person affects us. So bright lights affect us, fluorescent lights, noxious yes. smells, uh, other people's negative mm. emotions. Um, like my least favorite place to go to is a stadium full of like a million people. Like, no. <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, I, I, if I want to, I can tune into everybody's emotion and that's what makes me a great healer, yeah. but I don't necessarily want to immerse myself every day. Okay. 
in that kind of no. you know stressful environment because I know my body's delicate and it's I, I can definitely honestly, challenging I, for us. I can identify. I can I can identify, mm. and I can say that most of these women that I've dealt with for 20 years uh, fit into your tribe. Mm. They are they're all sensitive, and. These sensitivities, I want to share something, and again, you can edit me out here on anything. <laughs> no, but no, it's okay. I'm going to tell you a little story that I think might help. Um, and it's, it's about, you know, it's like the cortisol when you see the spike and everything kind of um, where it all comes together, synchronizes. But anyhow, in um, exhausted adrenals. Um, so you know, I want to tell a little story. When I was a young, I used to sit a lot of time in the pasture. In some years, there would be an overgrowth or an infestation of rabbits. There'd be more rabbits than you could even imagine. Oh no way! And that, That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then also that year there would be a lot of coyotes. And so mm. the, the game out there is here's the coyote eating. I mean, here's the rabbit eating grass like normal. And he's happy as can be. And then the coyote is always sneaking up. And the coyote, as soon as the rabbit sees the, or smell sees whatever, the coyote, his ears go up. These are the big jackrabbit type. And the ears go up, and, and he's, you can just see him tighten up, stiffen up. And then when the coyote lunges, the jackrabbit springs like a, like a spring. And then he will go zigzag back and forth across the pasture to keep kind of, I think to keep one eye on the coyote. And then uh, the, the chase is on and the, the coyote will run out of energy 90, probably 99% of the time before he catches a rabbit. Really? So the rabbit doesn't, as soon as the coyote stops and just lays down, then the rabbit will run just a little bit further. Well, the conservation of energy is the big deal there. So, but he'll stay there and keep an eye on the coyote. And then after a little while, when he feels, I mean, he's sitting there shaking, you know, like somebody's had a trauma. And then after a little while, you can see him. They have a, this, just a big shake. And yes. then they go back to, they go back to eating grass like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And and so what happened is you had this big cortisol spike and all the hormones are running or whatever. And then when the, chase, when the chase was over, he grounded it out and then he went back to normal. Now, people, you know, our bodies, when we were, you know, 100 years ago, I used to call it the bear in the woods. You can, like when I was a kid, I could sense a bear in the woods when I was out there. I couldn't see him, I couldn't smell him, I couldn't hear him, but I could wow. feel him. And so that's in the hairs on our body, they're kind of like antenna. Right, right, and I heard go that. Straight up. You know, they'll go straight up. And so that's caution. So now you're going to run or you're going to fight your cortisol comes up and away you go. <laughs> and most of the time you're going to run from the bear because that's not a good idea to do anything else. Um, <clears throat> so anyhow... Um, but what happened there, the bear sends out a signal, an electric field. Anything that is alive on Earth has an electric field, yeah. an energy field. And so this energy field, my body perce- you know, perceived it. And, and it's like animals can tell. You know. um, well, they so, can tell if you're looking at them. 
Right. So the cortisol went up. We can in our yard up. and we can look at them and they'll just look right at me, like even through a window. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. So anyhow, my, you know, my cortisol would go up. And, and so our bodies are, are that sensitive and they used to be that sensitive. But today we live in cities and we have noise, whether it's the car, the wind, the TVs, oh, yeah. the radios, the people talking. The, just there's a, there's a constant level of noise in our environment. Yes. And wind, wind is noise. Um, it's an electrical. Everything is electrical. But, you know, and then, so as life goes, as we live that way, we exhaust our adrenals because our sympathetic system is forever recognizing all of these stressors or these mm-hmm. stimulators. And the parasympathetic is sitting over here trying to uh, modulate the sympathetic response. So, and, and so you can put up with it for a while, but eventually, as time goes on, the adrenals become exhausted, and now the sympathetic can overdrive, and that's what causes the chronic cortisol, chronic pain, and all that. So the issue is when you lose your adrenals, or your adrenals become compromised, or you're suffering from adrenal fatigue, then what's happening is you become more sensitive. So now you, anything when you touch something, you have a, a, a bigger response um, because you don't have the sympathetic, uh, the, the hormones from the sympathetic that are dampening that response. And so now whether it's cold, noise, touch, anything, any kind of excitement overstimulates and you become more sensitive. Yeah, it's like a startle. I call that in in spiritual, you know, healing, we call that reactivity or, um, yeah, and I I had a friend uh, who, and I've been dying to ask you this question for the last several years. So she went out and, uh, you know, read the book and uh, was very interested. And she's someone who is, um, um, very into nature and so she runs outside she you know is barefoot like all the time outside she loves it like she's so like I'm more like a city girl and she's more like nature girl right uh-huh. so I said oh my gosh she should sleep you know with, with being grounded so she had bought I think um, online some sort of silver um, material like like um, it was like um, a very gauzy kind of material with silver thread in it and then they had a uh-huh. kit where you could clip you know, a metal clip to it, and then you could plug it into your grounding port, you know, in, in your electrical uh-huh. socket. So I thought this was a great uh-huh. idea, you know, for her. Anyway, so she, so the first night she tries it, and, and she, she did have a history of adrenal fatigue. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, so we were, you know, kind of working on that. Um, and so with the first night she found, she said she touched it with her feet, and she, she felt the shot of, pain in her pelvis and she Uh couldn't stand it so she had to like kick it away and she said that's weird okay well let me try it again so she tried it again the next night same thing so I thought okay well you know maybe it's your mat or whatever so come on over to the office and I have you know one of these grounding mats professional grounding mats and and I want you to give me some feedback so we had her on my acupuncture table and I have the grounding mat on the acupuncture t- um, you know table when I had an office so we had her just put uh-huh. her bare feet on there again she couldn't stand it she could not stand it she was had this intense feeling shoot right up into her 
you know, genitals, like into her pelvis. Right. And I was like, uh -huh. I don't get it. I said, you are outside barefoot all the time and you never get that feeling. I have no idea why this, you know, like it almost is like it was like too much energy or something. Like I was just really curious to know if you'd ever seen anything like that before and then what could possibly explain it. Well, um, I've only seen it in two people, her and her friend, who, okay. you know, had also <laughs> some sensitivity issues. Um, yeah. If, if she had been doing a lot of barefoot and whatever, um, and then she only experiences that when she is um, um, grounded indoors, yeah. uh, that, that would mean there, there would have to be a high you know, a high amount of electric field or something that could, but, but here's what's really happening. When, when a person grounds, um, <clears throat> their body is going to equalize with the earth. So you have a flow of electrons coming into your body. Right. And, and it's not like charging a battery per se, because there's a lot of dielectric in the body, meaning electrons don't just go anywhere they want. They're kind of gated in and, <clears throat> and, um, and they primarily travel on red blood cells. Um, but <clears throat> mm. I, I don't really know that I have an answer for that, but here's what I do know is most people who first get grounded, the first 15 minutes, they say, oh, I think I'm being electrocuted. But what it is, it's energy coming into their body. As soon as they equalize with the earth, then it stops. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, like I'm not sure she could stand it that long. Well, the other friend that I had, a similar story um she said that she would i know i don't even know how this would work but she would have this the, the this you know fabric near her feet at the end of the bed and she could stand it then and she felt that she was getting uh -huh. some benefit and over time she was able to touch it right yeah over well, time that would, yeah and that would mean she's slowly charging up a little bit at a time mm. well my theory yeah. so my theory, Clinton, it may, may or may not you know, make any sense to you, but my theory was like, okay, so she has no problems grounding outside and bare feet. So the one difference between, for example, grounding indoors and grounding outdoors is that in addition to the free electrons that we get from Mother Earth outdoors, we also get a plethora of what we call subtle energies. Some energies like right. this cannot be measured by our current you know, equipment. But there are subtle energies, and there are crystalline energy, metal energies, fairy energy, like all sorts of different energies of the earth that we can connect yes. to, and that may not be transferred yes. through a wire. That's my theory. Uh, well, if it's energy, it will travel through a wire. Um, <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me try to say that a little differently. Um, like well, a crystal, for instance, if... If, if you have a crystal over here, it's generating, um, you know, it has its own energy. <clears throat> so what I, what, it's like anything electrical. I mean, any, like any plant or any animal that is barefoot or growing roots into the earth, when you touch the earth, then you are electrically connected to all of them. And there's a synergy of, of this that creates electric fields and 
resonant frequencies like the Schumann resonance and like as the ocean tides rock back and forth and they generate ground waves and there's just a and that's what I think sets off the cortisol it's ground waves or you know it's, it's the sun when the when the here's the earth sitting there in free space and here's the sun up here the earth is churning like this the sun is rather constant but we travel with the sun but as the sun hits the earth at noon anywhere on the earth that's when it uh, um, <clears throat> that's when it has the highest amplitude of you know the electrical activity on the surface of the earth and then it has these big eddies that there's four of them on the sun side of the earth and those stay constant but the earth churns within them and we go in and out of them and as our bodies pass through these these energetic fields then there it, it affects our rhythms it affects our sleep it affects our uh, our cortisol and, right. and so, on. so there's there's a there's a big dance going on here and yeah. I think the moon this stars the sun I think the universe it's all it's all one big thing and we're all part of it and there's it's kind of like Deepak in the movie I mean it's like an orchestra mm-hmm. and 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 when we touch the earth then we connect to it and then our body can sink back up and normalize so mm-hmm. but anyhow this is a I don't know the specific case but you know sometimes you can be allergic to um, metals uh, sometimes on the pads that we have we always have resistors in them so you don't have a you know and you know nothing can travel fast and so it's more like standing oh, barefoot okay and you that's interesting and your yeah and your bare feet are somewhat of an insulator it's like the surface of your hands I mean the bottom of the palms of your hands and the bottom of your feet sweat more than any other part of your body right. and so they are more conductive so when you are grounded via the feet or the hands then you uh, that's the best that's nature um, when you ground uh, on a mat indoors I mean the the electric field the energies it's all energy you have to realize everything is energy first and that's yeah. a hard one to get to sometimes but <clears throat> every everything in our environment everything every cell in our body is energetic every cell in your body has a electrical surface charge and an internal surface and anytime there's a change there's a polarization depolarization and that's how cells get take information or nutrients in and out of the cells and so on so everything is electrical everything is um, energetic um, but it's like when you put an EKG patch on the chest uh, then you can read the EKG you can't just have the EKG monitor sitting there so um, well I, I I would say well the one thing I did want to point out as far as energy goes uh, maybe it's not proper to call it energy but you know they've done these experiments intuitive intuition experiments where they have somebody in a Faraday cage so there is no electromagnetic yes. transfer of information but yet they can check somebody's EKG in another room and notice that they're connected to the person that's in the cage based on what the person yes. in the cage is seeing on a screen. So there is something that's non-electric per se or non-magnetic that is some sort of energy that isn't measured, that isn't electrical. Okay, I agree. That's not, but, we're, we're going much deeper and I agree with you 100%. I know there is. And, but it's hard to describe. We don't have the 
the, the language or the knowledge to describe right, it. Yeah. But yes, well, it, well, it, it's let me like, give you let me give everyone who's listening in the uh, the URL for the movie again. So the free screening movie is at groundingmovie.com, and that'll forward you to the movie site. And the password to get your free full length screening is Earthing. So the word Earth and I N G at the end, all one word. So again, it is groundingmovie.com and just put in earthing in the password and you'll get access to the full film and I did want to we're going to talk a little bit about um, for folks listening a little bit about the indoor uh, tools that you can use to ground yourself while sleeping while indoors I know I am indoors a heck of a lot more than I suppose I should be uh, of course you know yeah. I live in kind of a cold climate um, and I do a lot of work on the computer and things like that and I do actually have a grounding pad right here by my computer uh, and so uh, that, uh, if you want to check out some of those products, um, they are at groundtoheal.com. That's my affiliate link. So groundtoheal, all one word, .com. And uh, Clint, I noticed that, um, you know, that, that some of the products, before we used to uh, have a sheet that had like silver or, or, you know, conductive thread in it. And now you have on your site a uh, carbon fiber conductive mat. And right. uh, so that's been really handy because uh, the sheets, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I think I'm just too lazy to test them after how many months or years to see if they're still working. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. So can you share right. a little bit about how the how the products work? Sure. Um, first of all, you, you have to realize all these products were kind of accidental. Um, when we were doing our studies, we had to create ground planes or products or right. mechanisms that we so you could test ground things. people with. Yeah. Yeah. So we used EKG patches. We would create mats to have people sit on, stand on. And um, and then we realized that the best time to do study is during sleep because keep them grounded for a little bit longer. So anyhow, then so we ended up making these products. And back then they were mostly made out of silver and um, cotton or various configurations like that. Mm -hmm. And the problem we had with them is they would only last for a short period of time because uh, if, if you know if men sleep on them, the silver oxidizes. You know really fast women it'll last you know a lot longer and when I say fast fast could be six weeks a uh, long time could for like a woman could be much longer years but anyhow so there was never a consistent life expectancy out of the oh, cotton, okay. cotton silver sheets so we spent years trying to uh, come up with something different that was conductive that would hold up that could be washed or it could be you know, so it can be, you could put it on a bed, people could sleep on it and get the benefit without worrying about whether it's working or not, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, it took us years to get it, but about four or five years ago, we um, developed this, this carbon material where <clears throat> it's, carbon is conductive like a wire, like a carbon spark plug wire, it's, uh, they conduct current. And so <clears throat> anyhow, we developed that product and then... Uh, um, and we have three three lines of it, you know, the universal mat that you can use for anything, desk, feet, chair, whatever. And then the sleep mats, which you can put underneath your sheet, or you put it on the mattress underneath your sheet. And and um, then you just lay down and go to sleep. I mean, you have to ground it and plug it in. But the thing, that is the best product because it, it takes no work. I mean, you don't have to do something every day. You don't have to think. Uh, you, you don't just have come to home wash it every 
day. I mean, you can wash your sheets. No, you just, yeah, and you just how, come how do home we know? That, how do we know? Like, because people wear pajamas. Um, how do we know whether or not you know they're wearing the right clothes or the, the right sheets for that carbon fiber grounding pad to work in bed? Okay. What we what we know and what we've tested for years is <clears throat> that if you put a ground plane underneath of a sheet, people lie down on it, mm-hmm. then <clears throat> the moisture from the perspiration, you, you have humidity, first of all. Mm-hmm. Then you have moisture from perspiration. Within a few seconds of laying down, your body hydrates the sheet. And if, if it's not real thick clothing, you know, like cotton clothing or normal nightwear, uh, it hydrates that so you're instantly grounded. Oh. Um, and and then that's all there is to it. Uh, and a lot of people whose health is very compromised, uh, they'll sleep directly on it. And, they, and so the rule is, is if you have pain, it's not working very well. So, but um, you know, <clears throat> so it's kind of it's kind of a challenge. But what we have right now, we have a product that is 100% conductive. The cloth products are only like 5% conductive. And we know that this product will last no less than five years because we have product that we've used for five years. And it should last forever. <clears throat> so what we've done is we come up with a product that works, but it goes underneath the sheet. And the reason we chose that was because a lot of people don't want to give up their sheets. They want the existing sheets that they have because they match everything and so on Uh and for lots for lots of reasons so we made the pad a hundred percent conductive so when you lay on it the first thing that's going to happen you're going to close couple with the earth i mean that pad is as soon as you ground it it's resonating with the earth it's connected to the earth it's charged up it's it has the same amount of electrons per square inch as the surface of the earth so when you lay down on it, your body's going to start absorbing those electrons until your body becomes equal with the mm. current negative. And then you can't have inflammation. Any inflammation you have, it will slowly put it out. Mm. And it doesn't uh, matter if your pillow isn't conduct or pillowcase isn't conductive because your whole body's going to be full of the electrons. Yeah, it's really the torso. It's it's really because you're laying on it and you're perspiring. And and you know you you're you're close coupled, <laughs> and and the other thing too the that pad is now resonating uh, the frequencies the base frequencies of the earth, and <clears throat> the amplitude of those electric fields of the earth are going up and down, and that has something to do we know for sure with cortisol and cortisol being a ha- ma- uh, master hormone we know it's affecting many things. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like um, <clears throat> this is the best we can come out with, and this is millions of dollars worth of research and time wow. putting all this together and trying to well, make it, it work. Well, it was super. It was super easy, you know, to put on. We had this like California King bed, and I was a little concerned, like how hard is this going to be to to slip this on? But it wasn't yeah. hard at all. Um, no. You know, to to put it on, and then it's not it's not like I have to move it all. You know, every time it just you know we just clean the sheets and put a new sheet on. It was super convenient, and so I really like it. And I think because of the size, I mean, I could just I wouldn't well wouldn't want to leave it in the hotel, but I, <laughs> but I could if I wanted to you right. know bring it 
on a on a trip, um, and I usually right. do um, the old sheets that we had, like the half sheets. I used to bring that right. on the trip every uh, every time because I knew that I would sleep better if I was grounded, yep. especially with all that hotel Wi-Fi and you know all that kind yes. of stuff that they have. And this, and all the static electricity in hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Now you but, have a, so, a chair now. I see it's pretty darn fancy looking. Yes. <laughs> Tell us yeah, about we, that. You know, we've had that chair for about going on six years now, mm-hmm. and we've never really brought it up too much because we were doing it more for we were using it for studies, okay. uh, and and then we would put it in uh, health or like beauty salons and uh, wellness centers uh, because everybody would likes to wants to sit in a zero gravity chair. So, and, mm. uh, and it's, and it's grounded. So, but we were trying to figure out, learn, you know, where does this belong? Uh, how can it be used effectively, uh, in uh, wellness centers or is it a home product or what is it? But anyhow, we've had them out there for about five years. They, they work great. They're really a hardy piece of gear, but it's, it's a zero gravity chair. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, surprisingly, about 50%, maybe not quite that much, but 50% of people over the age of 55 sleep in a, in a, in a recliner. Really? And it's, wow. Yes, because they're in, so much, they're in so much pain. And, you know, they, they can't lay flat and they sleep out. You know, you know, it's just nuts out there. But yeah. anyhow, it's... Um, big percentage. You know, so anyhow, the chair has taken off a little bit, but the people who are buying it are like the fire department in Phoenix. They're putting them into all the fire stations. Oh, that's a great um, idea. Yeah, and, and so yeah. those kind of business models are the ones that are ending up using it. And um, uh, it, it, we don't know. It's just there. It's a tool that uh, oh. practitioners use it. Right. And, and, but and what about can, the um, the pads you talked about? Like, why why would someone use pads if they could just ground at night sleeping in their bed? Well, you're talking about the patches. Yeah, the patches. Sorry. Yeah, the patches. Yeah, and the, the the patches are. Uh, remember the lady we were talking about when we first started about the lady who had the I put the patches on her hand. Right. And the pain went down, and that's when I decided that because I was the one trying to measure the benefit of grounding to reduce. Uh, EMI, and so anyhow, I uh, that night I went to the medical supply store and picked up a bunch of electrodes, and and I went, called up a couple of friends. And I said, "Here, I want you to try this." And they put they had bursitis and arthritis things. They put the patch on. The next day, they called up and said they called it the magic pain patch, meaning that you put the patch on, pain goes away. And so. <clears throat> I've always used the patch to demonstrate, like uh, when we're at a seminar okay. or an event. Um, <clears throat> just sit down. And let me. Where's your pain? Put a patch on, and have them have them do their own, you know, scale of ten. And then after they get done, you don't even need to tell us. Just <laughs> it's not for us to know. It's for you to know. And but anyhow, anybody who has uh, flaring pain, uh, it's 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 really good. Um, and, so very, more all, like uh, like very like specific areas of their body. Yeah, it's more for local. Local, um, okay. Yeah, local grounding. You know, it's a shorter path to ground. Is is in, oh, in electrical world. Okay. Yeah. So well, what what if so somebody? Yeah, but what if somebody? Okay, say they're using this patch, right? And like at, at in my in my room, um, I'm running out of outlets. 
I don't have that many outlets. So I try to put in like one of those, you plug it into your outlet and then you get six outlets out of it. Does it still work yes. when you put the grounding yes. thing in there? Okay. So even yes, if you use an extension cord or something, it'll still work. Yes, as long as you use it and you just check it and make sure it's grounded with the outlet checker that comes with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I, I want to share, I want to hear, here's the real benefit of the patch. If you have flaring arthritis, that means you have a cytokine storm or a neutral, you, you have a, a, a super immune response going. And so it's creating a lot of damage. If, 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 you, if you have heat and pain, I mean, there's a fire. So what the grounding does with the patch, you can put the patch right on it and it'll subdue the pain. It'll, it'll, it'll stop the inflammatory response in minutes, and then the pain cools down. And then with the benefit of that is now the immune system doesn't have to spend all of its resources fighting that or mm. fueling this fire. So now the immune system can stabilize, and it can start healing, start recovery uh, instantly. And so it's really... Um, it's a, it's a great tool. Athletes are the primary people who use it, and, and older people who have chronic arthritis, I mean, flaring and, and flaring um, okay. uh, health disorders. And, but and it, you used to have it, uh, like elastic bands with metal on them. Do, the, do those still work yeah. the same way? Yeah, they work the same way. The problem is most people don't want to wear a wire. Or, I mean, don't want to be attached to something during sleep. Um, oh, right. But, uh, mm -hmm. But, and, but the, you know, the other thing, too, the patch is an instant sleep aid. You can, and, and people who have COPD, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have severe respiratory issues. You put a patch on each lung, just like uh, two inches from the breastbone, maybe two or three inches below the collarbone, just around the breast, around the lungs right there, and the COPD will straighten out just within minutes. Because what it does oh is it's, it stops the cytokine storm. Wow. Instant. And then they can relax and breathe. Uh, because they have a COPD or any of those kind of respiratory issues. Those are chronic. And it's just the immune system eating up the lungs. And, you know, it's, this is so simple. This is nature. Yeah. Um, you can't have charge in a grounded body. Neutrophil, I mean, our immune system is, is you know, it's, it's, it's harsh the way it works, and it had to be in order to get us here. But, you know, it's, it works with acids. It works with radicals, and it's potent. And it, when we lose the ground or the body loses its ground, then there's nothing to dampen that immune response or mm. to prevent it from going beyond the task it was it actually so designed to yeah. yeah, so it's just Mother Nature's way of telling us that. So now the mission is, is we, right now we have these little products that you can sleep on or sit on or walk on, whatever, and, and put a patch on, and they, they will help you cope I mean, and do a better job. I mean, it, you know, it puts the fire out so your body can recover and heal. And the body's a self-healing mechanism. It'll return to normal if you remove the stress, I mean, as far as I know and what I've seen over mm -hmm. the 20 years. And, and so... In the future, there has there's a whole new industry coming. There's going to be people that are going to you know, provide grounded carpets, grounded flooring, grounded shoes, grounded well, environments. Well, I keep looking for grounded shoes. Like I, you know, I really like these five finger shoes from Vibram, but of course, the material yes. is this rubbery stuff. 
right? And they recently yes. sent a survey, thank goodness, and they said, how can we improve our shoes? And I was like, yay, you sent the survey because I'm going to tell you exactly how you improve your shoes. I love your five-finger shoes, but you need to ground them. You know, you need right. to and, have and, it so that I can, I can ground to Mother Earth when I have your shoes on because right now I'm completely blocked, even though they're so-called minimalist shoes. Yeah, I really believe that within the next year or so, they will have grounded shoes. I know there are other companies working on them, but the problem most people have is that we can go make grounded shoes. We can fill our store with them, but nobody will buy them unless they know what they are. So you have to go educate everybody so yeah. that when they come into the store, we'll have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a, I, yeah, I, 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 I did buy some, and you know, some of the metal fell out, and <laughs> I mean, they were pretty. Yeah. Um, but they're just, you know, flip flops are one thing, but I don't live in California. You know, I live in upstate right, New York. Right. I mean, flip flops are only good for like three months of the year. <laughs> um, I live in Palm what, Springs. Uh, yeah, I'm visiting you. Um, <laughs> so, Clint, I, uh, one of the questions I want to ask you is about. So I'm I'm going on a a business cruise in the next couple of weeks. Is there any way to ground on a cruise ship? Um, you have to ask what kind of electrical outlets they have on board, and you can find out. Um, it's part of your your cruise. They'll tell you, and then you need an adapter, uh, but you may need one anyway. Um, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people ground. I mean, the ship, the hull of the ship is grounded to the earth. I mean, to right. the water, the seawater, the water, and so on. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 depending on the type of system they have, most, I mean, they are grounded. It, it, you have to ask somebody on the ship; they will tell you. But generally, you can plug in if you have an adapter. You can plug into the outlets because they're they're either the UK style or. Uh, Norwegian. Right, I mean, the, uh, yeah, this one's just uh, a U.S. Uh, Royal Caribbean, um, you then, know. Then they should have they should have modern uh, American outlets. Okay, okay. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and I I didn't think about you know like metal touching the outer hull of the ship. I can just maybe grab on a guardrail, right? <laughs> yeah, no, where anything is not painted. Yeah, oh, right. Anything that's not painted. So concrete that's painted is not going to ground you, but concrete no. that's not painted will. That's correct. Right. And yeah. wood isn't all that conductive, right? Like if you have a wood no, deck that's not it, painted. It, not unless it's wet and grounded. Uh, okay. And then you have a new, um, you have a new, I think it, sorry, I forgot the name of it. Is it called a safety plug or something? What? What's that for? Yeah. Well, what that's for primarily is <clears throat> when you, a lot of the outlets around the world, they're, they're used quite a bit and they get kind of tattered and they, they get loose inside. Mm. And so just for precaution, we wanted to use plastic plugs to cover up the live electrical above and then, and then make the ground port more solid so that you have a better ground connection. So it's a safety in them to make sure that you have a ground and to, it's just more, people feel comfortable when the electrical is covered. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, that's interesting. Because I knew there's a lot of mis misunderstanding, you know, that uh, I think there was um, an EMS expert 
that said to, this is years ago that said to me one time you know don't use your earthing pad near your computer and I said well why not and he says well because you're going to get electrocuted or charged or something and I'm like I don't understand why that would happen like you know because I guess he or somebody else had some sort of you know spark or felt something and I, I'm thinking maybe it was their outlet that was a problem uh, no, what it was, they had probably had an ungrounded Apple computer or you know, one of the old computers, oh. and, they have, and they have extremely high electric fields. So the pad is grounded to the earth, and it's right. at earth potential. And, right. so what they, and, they, and the electric fields are pushing back and forth 60 times a second. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is when you put your pad on the earth if you have a extremely high electric field which you can with they don't the old the new computers aren't they're not they don't have this problem but but anyhow back then you could feel that energy of that electric field and but there was no harm uh, and there was no electrical phenomena phenomena but basically what you have is the earth pushing against it because when you're grounded to the earth your body is one and the same as the earth electrically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and electric fields do not go through you they just bounce off of you when you're grounded that's why we use in the commerce industry it doesn't absorb electric fields it pushes them away uh. <clears throat> so so when you're grounded the electric fields are bouncing off of you and it's usually there's a null field about an inch away from your body where that all that occurs and so anyhow but there's a if they're extremely high then you can feel earth's energy pushing them away because it's 60 times a second it's going back and forth and it's there's no harm it's just a sensation okay okay but yeah that that's I, thank you for answering that i've been wondering that for years yeah. too yeah most people most people are not literate on electromagnetic mm-hmm. or elect, electromagnetics and a lot of the people who are in the uh, electric field you know their businesses uh, identifying electric fields in the home and then they come in and rewire your home and do all these things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> When I first started, you know, I told you about the lady who had all the electric fields and the guy who had no electric fields. They had the same result. Right. Um, what electric fields do, it's like the hair on your arm, your antenna. Mm-hmm. Your body can sense, sense these things. And what it does is it uh, elevates cortisol in your body, which contribute to all of these irritability, anxiety, and oh, these health-related health issues uh, but the electric itself is not going to harm you it's because there's there's built-in safety all the way around it's just this noise it's this background noise that you can feel and it does and people in more and the more you're the more exhausted your adrenals are the more you will feel an electric field in your environment interesting yeah that's really interesting now now um Clint I you know our time is uh up uh, pretty soon, but I, I wanted to share with folks uh, the uh, URL for the movie. Um, can you just give us like a you know a, a little you know one or two minute spiel about what's in the movie? Okay, the movie is uh, it's it's 
covers the, about a 20-year history of how you know how we came about and did this. And the first part of it is about the history and all that kind of stuff. It's interesting, but uh, the most important part starts in the middle or in the last about 30 minutes in. And it's all good, by the way. But 30 minutes in, the, we have a special guest. His name is Richard Koch. And he spent 10 years uh, working for the Environmental Health or Environmental Protection Agency and then 30 years at the FDA approving medical devices. And he retired from that, and he's still now ahead of um, you know, one of the big science groups. But anyhow, his mother, uh, back three or four years ago, he had found us, and he had heard that grounding helped peripheral artery disease, and it does by thinning the blood. So anyhow, he bought one of our pads and gave it to his mother, and she got well rather instantly. So then he started checking into it and started uh, you know, playing with it. But anyhow, his story about his mother and himself, but he said at the, at the end of it, he said, this, in my, this is the most important thing I've seen come by in 30, in, in my entire career in the mm, uh, wow. in, in, in medical health. But anyhow, he's totally authentic, totally, uh, you can't get any higher than this gentleman. Yeah. Well, my, my husband we have, wanted to know whether or not the, the gal who, you know, created the movie, The Couple, because uh, they saw, uh-huh. we see her, like she lost all this weight by lying, yes. you know, near naked on her, uh, you know, on her lawn. And of course, like I said, New York, I don't even have a lawn, actually. It's like wild, so it's not very comfortable. Right. But uh, my husband was like, was she really naked or was she just wearing a bikini? Like she, he wanted to know all the details. Like how did she do what she did? That was so interesting. Well, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I assume that she had something. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the point, yeah, the point of, you know, there are, there's a half a dozen ladies in the film that tell their stories and from the school teachers to the, to the kids with the autism and so on, uh, to the, uh, people with the abilities, the handicapped people. Yeah, very uh, inspirational. Uh, and fine. Yeah, and then the uh, the MS ladies and and so on. So you know, there's a there's a nice handful of stories, and they're all authentic. These did not these were not staged. These were these were actual things that showed up on time as we were shooting the movie and so mm, on. That's great. Uh, the lady you t- the lady you're talking about with the weight. Uh, she how I how I met her was. Um, well, they had health issues. I mean, their daughter had right. Their daughter health had health issues. issues. Well, I don't. I don't want to give it all away here for for folks. I want them to watch but, the film. No. So, and we're running yeah. out of time. So, I'm just going to share with folks. It's groundingmovie.com, and then put in the password earthing. And if you want to check out some of Clint's really cool earthing tools, you can go to ground to heal.com, and you can see the patches there. You can see the chair. You can see the, you know, the. Um, uh, the my favorite, which is which is the the bed pad that you put underneath your sheets, which I definitely uh, love and and use every single day. So I highly recommend people to to check that out and get that. And and actually, there's even a coupon code for free shipping. All right, if you get it soon, it's um, MH is the free shipping code, uh, and then you can get free shipping to your house if you buy anything from GroundToHeal.com. Um, so Clint, I. I was there anything you wanted to add before we ended for today? Well, I wanted to tell you how she lost the 50 pounds, but I'll let I'll let save that for the movie. 
Yes. <laughs> it's super exciting. Any, it, anyhow, it's, um, uh, it's really important. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I get up every morning and I keep going. And, uh, and the reason I keep going is because of the results I see. And yeah. primarily for the children and the 35 to 50-year-old women who are taking care of their, I mean, their health is compromised, their kids' health is compromised, and they're taking care of their mother whose health is compromised. And this is something that uh, I, I would say nine out of 10 of our products are sold. Our a woman bought them for her mother or her girlfriend or her daughter or somebody who needs it worse than she does. And so it's a, it's a tool that women can go and take care of their families and their friends. And it doesn't really cost anything, but the results are absolutely stunning and profound. Mm, that's and wonderful. Please, Thank you. Yes, go ahead. Please watch, please, please watch the movie and share the movie. Yes, yes, that's so great. I, I'm just so thrilled that, I mean, your journey has come to this point. I'm glad you listened to spirit and listened to your intuition, you know, and went in this direction. Um, so we are that's very, very fortunate. Story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and uh, well, I mean, one last thing I want to ask you, because I heard it, you know, I don't know if this is a rumor or if it's true, but did Robert Downey Jr. actually ask you to ground his whole home? Is that actually true? Uh, Robert Downey was, um, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Uh, he was in rehab. and um, Right, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. yes. And anyhow, so in, in rehab, he, he was given some grounding products. And then he, when he went home, I mean, he's, we've provided him grounding products for 10 years or more. But the, the, the fellow, the doc who was, uh, his personal doc died a, three or four years back. I haven't had much contact with him since. But yes, we have grounded probably all of the, the you know, the Captain America, all the, uh, you know, all the superheroes, they were all grounded during that movie. Uh, right. there's, I mean, there's just go on and on and on. Oh, um, that's great. Up, uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, grounding is the athletes, they use it. I mean, uh, it's it's big in that industry, but they don't really go out and talk about it because it's more the coaches and the team docs. Right, that of course. They don't want to keep, you know, have their secrets, you know. <laughs> if they're That's true. <laughs> so, Clint, thank you so much for being on the show today. I totally appreciate it. It's been, like I said, a number of years that I've wanted to speak to you live and in person. So this is a great treat. And, again, thank you for, you know, everything that you've done and really revolutionized you know, health and healing uh, with all this information, all this science, all the hard work, all the money you put into research. I mean, totally, totally, totally have this huge, you know, um, you know, gratitude and appreciation for you. And, and also I just want to say thanks to our listeners for listening in. So, well, until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much.